welcome back guys to the beyond condition podcast where today i have ali fraser who i spoke your name wrong on my story the other day and we had this conversation <laughs> we must share with the listeners we like a bit of banter that <laughs> you you and china are like what name is ali why did my parents call me this do you yeah, have any yeah. more context <laughs> so it's like uh, so my mum wants me to, so i'm called alistair my mum wanted alistair because it couldn't be shortened <laughs> she, did, she obviously hasn't got that much of a, too many brain cells it's like Al, Ali so yeah um, it, like, I'm not going to lie it wasn't great growing up like, <laughs> school, especially being from Liverpool it's yeah. like most people were called Carl Mike it's like, but I don't mind it now as much and also like I'm old enough now to take the piss out of myself it's like, yeah. I, don't, I don't really care I think, to be honest. why um, not yeah yeah it's like it's, it's, it's I, I don't look like how my name doesn't really fit my face. I should look like I should be like an accountant or something <laughs> like that, or an IT manager, yeah. um, not an online coach. <laughs> Love it. So today we're going to be talking about reversing out. And before we jumped on, like I said to you, you know, it's, it's a subject that I wanted to get someone that was personable, someone that would be honest about this, because there's, of course, so much misconception in bodybuilding anyway. Now, yeah when it comes to reversing out there's so many different ways people do it there's I mean it's hard to say there's right and wrong because we all do it differently but it was really nice to hear China talk about on the pod how you helped her especially with food behaviors and and this type of stuff in off season so thank you so much for coming on today because I really do appreciate it no thank you very much for having me on I'm really excited about it it's going to be sick so it's hard to know where to start with reversing out isn't it of course you know, I'm sure you're of the same thinking that the reverse out is something you would speak about before, maybe even before the prep starts or before, of course, the show with as much time as possible when you're dealing with athletes. Mm-hmm. So I think the, the thing about reversing out is, say, if, if you know the client and you know the client well, you've already got data in regards to potentially eating habits. So this is where you made a good point before. There's so many ways to do it. And you've just got to do the best way for the client because the word optimal gets thrown around a lot. And I love the word optimal, right? Because it's like, we, we should try and be optimal. But that is going to vary so much from a lot of other factors. Now, if you want to talk about, say, like China's experience in regards to like the reversing out process was like, that's the leanest China's ever been. Yeah, It's not the leanest she'll ever be, but it was the leanest she's ever been. It's the it, it was the, her first ever proper prep. So... Her, her ability to then just flip a switch and go back to sort of like an improvement phase and that it was almost going to come across with like loads of challenges mm-hmm. and the hard thing is is when especially like we're going to talk a little bit about females as well and especially males as well it's like it's health has to be the priority there it's like you've done your stage you've got on you've had striations and your glutes it's like you've got to now start thinking of the future and health because you and again progression as well like you staying in that condition isn't going to help with the progression, especially if you want to compete the following year. But as I'm sure you've seen as well, people can really fuck it up. Yeah. And I do believe in having somewhat of a structure. I don't like the thought process of like, no, you can't make clients food focused and you can't tell them what to do. It's like, I do feel like as a coach, you still should have some kind of responsibility. Don't get me wrong, post-show, I think me and I went for a burger in Finland and that was cool. Like it was really, really cool. But then, Getting back onto it, there still needs to be a routine to somewhat because think about it as well. You've been on prep for 20 something weeks with yeah. a solid routine. Like you feel you feel lost if you haven't got some kind of structure. And then 
it's just a timing process and it's when the penny drops. But that penny drop could be one week. Like I'm very good at reversing out. It's like I just, I just, I know what I need to do. Put me to 400 grams carbs, 60 grams fat, 250 grams protein, and I can stay at that for four six weeks. But I'm, I'm not a foodie. Like I don't give a shit about food. Okay. It's like I, I like. So we went for a meal. Yeah. I like the company, not necessarily the food. Yeah, the experience. Yeah. Whereas if people are foodies and they love food, it's a completely different scenario then. So again, this way again, I think it's massively important to understand the individual. China's a foodie. <laughs> he likes food. So it's trying to get that passion that she has for that back in her life, but at the same time, not letting not letting it ruin her future. Yeah. And, and that's and that's where hard. communication and just honesty and comes into it massively. And I think just the stigmatism of like not being able to talk about it if you find things hard or telling your coach that you might want a few more calories or you've had something and then keeping it away from them so they don't know why your weight's spiking. Yeah. There's yeah. loads of conversations need to have and then obviously you've got the pet protocols and all that shit, mm-hmm. which is hard. Again, we've discussed, like, I think it's hard for females and males when it comes to pets. Yeah, it's very difficult because, like I said to you, you know, this is part of, a, well, a massive driver for me having the podcast because there's so much out there that doesn't get talked about and especially things like social media, you know, it's absolute mind warp. Like I, we said before we jumped on about how bikini even has evolved. When I first started out, I thought everyone was natural and I'm thinking, well, you know, that's achievable. And, and I was natty for a big portion of my, you know, bodybuilding career. And, and the aspirations I had were not realistic because girls were on PDs and that's only got more competitive, you know, more use. And then, if you are looking at that route, it's like, where the fuck do you start? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 a good thing because like, when you bring that up, I think if people need to be aware of actually what is achievable. Like, I'll, I'll talk about the first time I met China. Yeah, like, we went, we went, we went on a date. We walked around Ottersburg, Liverpool, and then about a week later, we went back to his, and she took her top off, and I thought I'm keeping my top on. <laughs> And it was like, and like when you when you can see because she hasn't she didn't even train properly, yeah. like she trained, I was going she trained stupid, yeah. like she didn't train hamstrings for most of her prep because she didn't like it. Mm-hmm. It's like if someone can look like that by being so sporadic, imagine what that person can look like being structured. And then that's why I because I was with Cal at the time. That's why I went to Cal saying, "If you got any space, you went why I went and just had to picture you went yes." <laughs> and it's like you can see that, but unless you're of that caliber. Being natural and doing very, very well, the likelihood is most people are having some kind of assistance. Yeah. And people need to be aware of that because, if, as you said, if you've got this vision of you looking like X and then you don't reach that, you'd be very, very disheartened. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to know where to start. You know, I get people message saying, I'm natural at the moment, but I'm considering going down the assisted route. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe they've spoken to their coach and their coach doesn't know much about it. And this is definitely something in the industry, you know, and people are are led on the wrong path. You know, I've spoken about this on the pod. People go to the gym and, you know, the gym owner's like, why don't you jump on this, Hanover or whatever? And there's no education behind that. And I find that so hard because then people are going down the route of potential virilization and different things that they don't know about. I've got a specific view on this in regards to if you're going to put something in your body, you should do your own research. Like that is your responsibility. Mm-hmm. But also if you respect and trust someone, you respect and trust someone. So it's their, they should take responsibility if they're going to give you something to actually explain what it does. 
and tell you the pros and cons and durations, etc. But you as the person should also delve into it. That's a good thing about when we talk about this stuff, it becomes more open and more more transparent about what people do. Yeah. And then everyone else, because I do think people do need to start talking about it because people, girls especially are starting to be younger and younger and younger. Yeah. And the standard's so high, they want to fast forward the process. Mm-hmm. And it's it, 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 that probably does mean potentially going to take pre-mo. It does mean that they're probably going to run fem test. It does mean they might run Anabar towards the end of it. It's like, that it's a big decision to make at such a young age. Risk reward as well. And it's like, if you're, and this is where it's very, very debatable. It's like, if you're not good enough, like and you're not good enough, and you know you're not good enough. It's like, is it worth it? Now, if you if you want to just see what you're capable of, hundred percent it's worth it. Because like that's me. It's like I'm never turning pro. It's like I'm not, but I want to see what the best capability I can be, and that's why I'll I will push things within my health like parameters. Well, yeah. I will, but I don't potentially want kids this moment of time in life. Yeah. Yeah, this is what I love personally about physique development. Like I got to a point where I was natural, where it was like, I want to see a bit more here. Yeah. Like, you know, I'd done well in the sport and, and whatever, and it was like, I want to see. And it genuinely excited me the first time I sort of pinned and everything was like, yeah, 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 yeah. this is super cool. And, and it still fascinates me so much now. And actually, for me, being a female that competed naturally back-to-back shows every year, my test was absolutely fucked. My, you know, T3, T4 was in the gutter. I had problems with one of my kidneys and all of these things that, again, it's something that people maybe don't talk about as much. And then you throw PEDs in the mix that are, well, you know, you don't know about and you're taking different quantities and whatever else. And there's so much to consider. And if you do it from a point of education, at least, You've got, like, that's what I needed to learn first. It was like, what is the risk reward? Is it going to be worth it? Okay, I'm going to give it a go and and went all in. But there's also so many different models as well, isn't there, depending on who you're coached by? Yeah, and if, if you look at the male way, like, there's a Victor Black model, isn't there? And, like, that, that's getting thrown around a lot right now. Like, gonna, I yeah. hope he doesn't block me on Instagram and all this shit. It, 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 for me, it's like, because, like, I'm still friends with Cal. And, like, he's been, he got called out last week or something like that. And, I think yeah. it's childish and pathetic. Like Kyle's doing way too, way too well to give a shit about what he's saying. Yeah. But like again, when there's like there's so many models as well, and that's why I do respect the likes of Joe Jeffrey, uh, John Jewett has brought out a female thing which I bought about like female prep and it's like it's giving lack because it's very there's loads of data on lads, isn't it? Like what lads can do. Most lads start off with test, then they yeah. might have primo. And yeah. then if they're feeling risky, they might have a bit of a like a 19-0 in there towards the end. And the strategy that has been comprised, that has been sort of built up over years of other people doing it. Yeah. Like JP was the first person, wasn't he? JP was the first person who brought up his website and started talking about this quite openly. Females need to have that now. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, that's because because it like me talk about conversations and risk and reward. Like if it wasn't worth it, it's like don't probably risk it. Mm, yeah and exposure time as well for females something like primo you know my my exposure time was going to be four weeks when I last did it for this off season as my first exposure we extended it to six weeks because I felt good extending my training to a six-week block and etc etc but it's all an open dialogue it's working out is that worth it to extend it a little bit more but no more than six weeks was agreed by my coach and it's like you know if you're informed and it's okay, can we push it a little bit more? Then you can do that. But exposure time, it does need to be monitored in females, you know. 
especially if you're doing a show and then doing and doing a show that leads onto another show. Because yeah. it's like, because it, it does need to be mapped out. Mm, mm. It's like lads to some degree, you just stay on it. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's because like that's what most of us do. It's like we don't have to come off to go back on. We just stay on it, especially if we're going through a prep. Yeah. So again, this is why if you're working with a coach and a female who's listening to this, it's like make sure things are mapped out and timed out and don't then do what some lads do. It's like, that's right, I'll just stay on for another week. You, you don't have the luxury really to be able to just do that. Yeah. Or just don't give yourself hard. a little bit more. Mm, yeah, you want to be a bit more jacked that day so it's not worth it yeah it is like I again back to that excitement you know when I extended it from four to six weeks and and said to my coach can we do this it was like I want to do a little bit more within what I can sort of get away mm. with per se and it was like that genuinely excites me and I always talk about this on the pod you know finding your why and why are you competing because you actually touched on it there and it's very very relevant with if you're competing and, you know, you need to be realistic, your coach needs to be realistic with you. Are you going to be good enough to turn pro? Are you going to be good enough to be competitive? Because some people aren't, you know, it's not it's not their fault, but there is genetics, it's a subjective sport, and it's very, very competitive now. But I think sometimes coaches maybe don't, they sort of stray away from giving that truth, you know? I completely agree. Like China can't China doesn't know why I compete. She can't get in her head. Yeah. Like it's just like she competes to win. Mm-hmm. Like if she couldn't win or she wasn't good enough to win, she wouldn't do it. Yeah. So she and this is why again, like knowing your why is that by far the most important thing because you're putting yourself through hell. Yeah. Like if anyone's prepping and listening to this, it's shit. It's yeah. like it's it's fun and it's the best experience you'll ever go through in regards to like you'll learn so much about yourself. But it's it's not easy, right? It's really, really not easy. But if your why isn't strong enough, mm-hmm. you won't you won't get to the end. So it's like it's what your your why and your passion and your desire to reach whatever goal you're setting to achieve will drag you through them dark times. Especially when you're putting like things in the microwave when you should go in the fridge and you're getting into your car and you're forgetting how to drive. It's like all oh, this shit that happens control. in the <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like all this shit that happens, like. And you think to yourself, like, why the fuck am I doing this to myself? Like, you're a bitch with your partner. You don't have any friends because you just got rid of all your friends for them 20 weeks. It's got to be worth it. Mm-hmm. I said, like, China, if China was in my position with my genetics, she wouldn't compete mm-hmm. with her mindset because she, she would have to do it to win. Whereas I do it because I just love it. I love the communication, the community, sorry. I love the just the random conversations you have with people on Instagram. Just a random, like, like, nice conversations. I think the sport has got, don't get me wrong, it's got some negatives, 100%. Yeah. But I think it's got so many positives that outweigh that because we're all a little bit messed up. You no, know, oh, yeah. to, to love doing this, we're all a little bit messed up. So it's nice to be around people who messed up because when you go out in the normal world, we are weird. Yeah, yeah. I it's actually, like, it is nice to be around. Like, yeah, I talk about this, you know, like, I'm like, I want to be weird. Like, I want to be the person eating out of Tupperware and people thinking, yeah. does she have to do that? And when they ask me, you know, it's taken time over the years of doing it, but I used to get asked all the time, do you have to eat that? Why are you eating that? Are you eating the same as you ate yesterday? Now I just say, I'll do what I'm doing. You do what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> well, people can't get in the heads, can they? Like, people from the outside world can't get in the heads. Like, why can't you just have this slice of pizza? It's like... Because I can't. Like, I don't have to explain to you, I just can't. And, and again, this is like getting back to the reversing out and getting back to, like, the original conversation. It's like, okay, 
if you're going to go again, it's like, what, why do you want to go again? Because if, if, again, it's like, if you've got a process, are you going to take a two-year off-season? Are you going to do a short improvement phase? So again, like for me, this these all come to, into the reverse now processes as well. Because you have to, if you're going to prep again quite soon, I potentially would want them to be a little bit more methodical coming out of it because you've got less time to mess around with things. But if someone's not going to compete for two years, I'm not going to say you've got more time to get away with things, but the, the time frame isn't so short. Mm-hmm. But for me, again, it's all about just managing the client's psyche as well. And again, I can reference China within this, like, China didn't struggle, struggle. She might have said she, she didn't struggle, struggle. She struggled more probably from a, a putting weight on perspective. Like, she put, she put on a little bit of weight quite quickly from from where she was. But again, what I think females sometimes need to understand is like you're not supposed to have striations in your glutes. Like you're not supposed to be that lead. Like you're supposed to carry more body fat than men. So it's like you may accumulate a little bit more body fat quicker than the males, and that is okay. And it is okay. And the th- the thing was, we went to Anglesey. I can like the story. I can remember we went to Anglesey. She was just she was just struggling a little bit with um with me potentially being a little bit more strict because like I was supposed to prep and pull out because I was unwell. Okay. And I was still trying to be a little bit more controlled. Mm-hmm. So I was still with Cal at the time. And I just messaged Cal saying, look, Cal, can I just put my food up? Just so obviously then me and China could just eat a little bit more regularly together. And again, like people go, oh, that's nice. It's like, in the reality of this world, right, it's like China's going to be a lot better than what I ever am. Mm-hmm. Like the people keep going to when you want to prep next, it's like when China's done hers. Because she's the priority at the end. Of the day. When it comes to sports, she's the priority. doesn't mean she's the priority in like our relationship and regards like how we are, but... In the sport, it's like here she trumps me. End of. It's like she's got a chance to reach the one percent of the one percent, like, and she wants it as well. So it's like I will, I can wait another six months to step on stage or start that stage. And again, when it comes to people who are in relationships and when it comes to competing, it can be difficult. And prepping at the same time is really hard. Yeah, it's it's trying really, to this. Yeah, it's it's really really hard because tell a lie. It was great because I didn't think for the first time ever and never thought about my prep. Yeah. Never thought because it was just like, okay, what does China need? What does China need? What does China need? And like, because it wasn't thinking about me and being self-critical of me and whatnot, it was piss easy. Yeah, that's a good point. But like, but then it got to the point where like she finished prep and then it was like, shit, I, I, I've i got to think about me now. And then it was like a lot of stress has hit me once. But again, prepping at the same time, you've got to understand that there's got to be give and take and the expectation of your relationship is going to change. The dynamic is going to change. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but then when it comes to the reversing out of it, it's like you've got to work together as a team. And again, when it comes to health, if you think your partner is working with a coach and you have a decent, like I've got a decent relationship, I've got a very good relationship with Cal. Yeah. I think Cal would appreciate if I sent him a message about China because he knows I'm coming from a caring place. He respects me as a coach as well. And again, if you can build that relationship up with the, the coach and you then feel more at ease with what your partner's doing. Mm-hmm. And then it makes the process so much easier because if there's any bit of tension when food's still a bit low and you're just coming out of a competitive season where, let's be honest, we're all very, very strict and rigid, it's like, it, it does make things a lot easier. I think that was the biggest thing was just changing China's mindset to just chill a little bit more and just enjoy a little bit more. Because yeah, I said, like, removed, isn't it? It's like, like you touched on earlier, you're 
gunning for this show date and whether you're doing multiple shows or you've just got the one, that date is solidified in your mind and you get there, you do the show. And I talk from experience, whether you win, place top three or you don't place at all, you still feel pretty much the same the next day, but it's going to be a slightly different experience. But you're still sat with, you wake up and you think, oh, okay, so I'm still the same person. What do I do now? Mm -hmm. It's just mental. And the thoughts and feelings you go through, it's so inter-individual, but there's definitely things that we could probably touch on that most people will go through, you know, an, an array of thoughts and feelings depending on how you get on but of course what hunger hormones are going to do that type of stuff would be quite useful to touch on yeah and we like left and break down so being a little bit skewed and yeah. again this is why i think structure is massively important yeah because if, if, if this is the first time you've ever dieted and it's the leanest you've ever got and then people go to okay just go back to eating whatever you want and you're a foodie you're fucked yeah mental you're fucked it's like you can't stop. Like I said, like I'm, I'm quite lucky because like I've never really been a bit foodie, so I've never really binged or gone over the top on food really. Because I've, I've just I'm quite lucky because well, lucky or not lucky, I'm just not a foodie kind of person. Yeah. But I've I've definitely seen people eat and then eat and then eat, and again, it's just not managing that. It's sort of like it's it's not taking responsibility for what you're doing. And again, I think that's where again you should always have a coach post post con. You should stay with your coach. You shouldn't get rid of your coach because, again, there needs to be that structure. And again, with like left and ground being a little bit skewed, where society is telling you that you're not full, but you are full, technically, because Grellan's still saying the appetite's really, really high. It's like you need to be, you need to start just eating a little bit more food, but still say eat four meals a day, but then potentially once a week off for a meal with your partner. Yeah. person dependent yeah. yeah person dependent because again like this way it's a very very hard country but like look the simple thing is you're going to be more hungry okay you're going to want more food you're going to be still tired and you're still going to potentially want to do cardio even though you don't want to do cardio even though you shouldn't be doing cardio legit training wise take a week off like just take a week off mm-hmm. like, some people take longer than that as well yeah. don't they yeah yeah it's like just to, to take some time away from the gym mm-hmm. And again, like just that, these are the key things I'd say. Get a reality back in regards to some kind of structure with a little bit more food, but potentially have a little bit more freedom with food in regards to going for meals out. Okay. But don't be be an adult and still make sure they're structured and pre planned in. Take time away from training. Like take time away from training. Like if you want to still go into the gym, go into the gym, but potentially don't stick to a, a split. Just go in and do something that you want to do. But I'll stay away from training to failure. And then in regards to like socializing and whatnot, because we haven't spoke about sleep yet. Yeah, this would be interesting. Sleep, sleep will be skewed. It's like it's it's taking that body away from this sympathetically driven place because China's very, very sympathetically driven. So her ability to flip flip into parasympathetic isn't great. Like China's prep was out drug the drug. Yeah. Essentially. It was like it was waking up, taking modafinil so she could focus. Um, I don't know if she covered this, but I'll, I might as well tell everyone. Um, going to work, doing a day job, mm-hmm. then getting herself psyched up, and then taking something to help her sleep. Because yeah. her sleep was awful. She was sleeping like three hours, three, four hours a night. And most people are going to suffer with sleeping prep. Yeah, I don't think I've met anyone that hasn't had some sort of, you know, disruption. I've met someone who went from eight hours to six, and I was like, are you still taking the piss? <laughs> 
I love, I don't know how people sleep like <sighs> nine, ten hours in a prep. I'm like, huh? Uh, I've never amazing. had that. It's like all you do is getting up and having a piss. Yeah. Every fucking hour. And again, like and again, it's it's getting that sleep pattern like we were talking about sleep hygiene, sleep routine before. Yeah. Get back, just get to sleep because it's still gonna take time to kick in, but get that back in. And then in regards to pedus, like consult with your coach. But again, but it's like be very, very careful in regards to potentially staying on things for longer than you potentially have to because you're trying to magically grab, grab this rebound face. I still think like the rebound's a little bit magical. Like I still think there's something within it, but potentially come off what you're coming off. Again, time well with your coach. If you're taking thyroid, I would wean your way off that. Mm. Personally, I have kept T for it all through, mainly because the research says there's nothing really negative with doing it. Same. But it's like, it's still, it's still in my head, it's still like I'm still taking something that I might not need to take, especially when you need not competing for a little bit. But you might need to keep, you might need to be able to keep four in. If you're using GH, you can keep that in. That's not going to do anything. But it's, for me, as I said before, get blood work done, see what's off, look and get it back in range. But not just in range, get it back to a good, healthy range because there's in range via the doctors, but then there's also sort of like optimal range of what we should be. The physique. And that's something I would definitely do. But it's like, for me, health, sleep comes into health. Get your mental state back to where you want it to be as well. Mm. Because if you are someone who socialises a lot, you've got to bring that back into your life. If you're a bit of a hermit, you can stay a bit of a hermit. Mm, yeah. And you talked about PD use for stims. I went up to the highest dose really for me. And I think for most people, 120 on Clen, and then I was on your Himbine as well. And like that obviously disrupts sleep as well but i look back and i think christ i was you know batshit crazy and then after the show went down to 80 went down to 40 and titrated it out rather than like tom my coach was like you you don't really want to go from zero to hero to hero to zero like it's about adjusting and going back to you know taking cardio out like you mentioned yeah cardio is of course very relatable to people that are trying to still stay lean and maybe self-restrict after eating more food and it's a vicious cycle which is something that's it's so so common in this sport you try and hang on to that stage lean condition and I talk from you know experience as well I'm not saying I've never done that and you get in this mind warp of you know I've eaten more food so what I'll do is I'll do three hours cardio I won't eat the next day then I'll eat more food it's absolutely mental isn't it and I think this is why when it comes to competing, I, I think if you love competing, everyone, you should compete. Okay. But I think potentially if you're getting into competing for the wrong reasons, yeah. these are things like what you just said then, where it's like, I've eaten a little bit more food. I've had a pizza when I shouldn't have had a pizza. And then you're going to go on the stay master two hours the following day. Yeah. It's like the body doesn't really work like that. Yeah. You can't outwork. You can't just, you can't just like outwork yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just accept that you might make a mistake. I love that. That's such a good point. And this is what I've learned myself. I'm allowed to make mistakes. Especially when you're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean? It's like, like as we said before, like you put something in the microwave and it's supposed to go in the fridge. It's like, you, you ever, like, when you're pushing your body to them extreme levels, and it is an extreme sport, everyone needs to understand it's an extreme sport. It's like, it's not something everyone should be doing. Yeah. You're pushing, it's not healthy. Yeah. It's not healthy. We try and do it in, our health, in the healthiest way, but it's not healthy. Exactly what and I said. So I don't get why everyone bashes it because it's not healthy. It's like we know it's not healthy. Yeah, and we do that with intent. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's like you're okay to make a mistake, and it's just accept the mistake, learn from the mistake, and then if it's something that happens again, 
is there something you can put in place so you can monitor it a little bit better? Because no one, you're not a robot. Unfortunately, we're not robots. Like we've got you, we've got feelings. Like for example, you might have had an argument with your partner, and 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 you're already in the stress state. You've just done your training session. Your training session's shit. You're still weak. And then it's like fuck you. Then I'm just going to fucking go and have a sort of Ben and Jerry's. And then stop. Yeah, and it's like, it's like, okay, cool, look, I shouldn't have done that. You probably shouldn't have done that, but you have. Mm-hmm. Move on. Get back yeah. into the routine. Get back into the structure the following day. We go, okay, cool. Next time I have an argument with your partner, because you probably still have an argument with your partner at some point, it's like, okay, I, f- I know I feel like this, because I'm a big f- I'm a big believer in like mindfulness now and all this. If you'd asked me oh, five years ago, I fucking wasn't. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was like the most hippie shit ever, but I'm, I'm a big thing. It's like, it's like, know the whole like check in with yourself. Like, yeah. How did it make you feel? Okay, do you actually feel like that? Or is it just like an emotion that sort of come on at that moment in time? And how did you feel when you had the ice cream last time? Could you have just had half the tub instead of the whole tub? And again, this is where it's so personal and individualised because if you still want to have the half the tub, have half the whole tub, but then don't moan about having half the tub. Yeah, and if you're doing something with a preconceived idea, it sometimes it helps you to go, you know, if you are planning ahead and you're going to go, well, actually tonight I'm going on a date night with my partner, say, yeah. and we're going to have a tub and Ben and Jerry's and whatever else. And if you've had that intent, then you can you, you can go in it into that experience with more confidence. But it's then having, like you say, that mindfulness to go, that's what I'm going to have. And that's where I'm going to stop, which is often where the problem begins, isn't it? And then I think that's where you should, that's where people, when they're coming post show, like normally being a bit more mindful about the meal places that you might go to. For sure. Don't go to nor you can eat buffet. Yeah, it's it's deadly. Yeah, it, it's going to be a lot more harder to go, that's that. Whereas if you go to a restaurant where you might get a starter main dessert, mm-hmm. you know you're just having your starter main dessert, then you're not gonna you're not gonna go back to fucking Tesco and get five cookies because you've told yourself you won't have that. But it's a lot harder when things are free to just help yourself. And again, it's all about what we've just been speaking about there, just about being a little bit more self-aware of where your weaknesses are and limitations. For sure. So again, which you'll find out in prep. You'll find out like what you're craving and what you can't wait to do and just making sure you manage them. But also, if it's your first prep, understand that you're going to make mistakes, you're going to fuck up. And when you go into your next one, just use that as data and take it back. And like, this is where China, China, like, China didn't really enjoy their prep. She found it very, very hard. I don't know how open she was on the podcast. She said about that, yeah. She, her, like, one of her goals for this prep is to enjoy it. Like, and that's the goal. Enjoy it. Because, look, she's going to look shit hot anyway. Yeah, she's going to look sick. I'm hyped. It, it, it's going to be like, she's going to look shit hot. She'll do exactly what Carol telling her to do. Yeah. Like, she used the analogy, I think. She might have put used in the podcast. If Carol told her to stand outside with one foot on Tesco, she would have stood outside Tesco with one foot. If it meant she burned calories for some bizarre reason. That's nailed. It's like how I like to put it to you. You're in this privileged position where you're the one percent of the one percent. Most people kill to be in your shoes to have your genetic structure. Now, if you've ever seen her train, nobody trains like her. Mm-hmm. I, I will happily put it like that. Like, could she train better with execution? In my opinion, this is what I teach. So I'm going to say yes, but nobody will do what she does. Like, there's not many females who put one eighty on a bar. There's not many females who put seven plates aside in a hack squat. It was the first time we done a training session together in a gym, and she put I done three plates I think, and she put two plates in the move that easy. And I was like, she, she hasn't touched anything by this time. I thought 
that's quite sick. And then she two and a half, and I was like, you can fuck off now, because that's nearly by my weight. And it's like, but she, she's always been strong. It's mental what she does. It, but for me, it's not necessarily the fact that she does the exercise, it's the fact that she puts the weight on the thing to think she can do it. And that's, again, where nobody will outwork her. So, like, that's that. But like I said, she's in the 1% of you're privileged to be in this position. Mm-hmm. Because loads of people would kill to be in your position. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, it's it's her right to enjoy it. Yeah. It's, it it's is like one of those... It's, other people. Yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it, that gets thrown around. You know, it should be really hard so you should not enjoy it you've got to be going to war every day you've got to be in the gutter and it's like you know, i say this on the phone all the time I'm like you ain't going to war you're going and having a nice warm shower after <laughs> it's like it's the like, goal to war it's like like look I, I get it you know what i mean like you go to train really really hard but it's, like, <laughs> it's not fucking war is it yeah i know you're not having a fight with a hack squat it's like it, yeah i get I, I completely get what you mean though it's like it, it is hard, and it? it is hard, right? But you can't stop. Yeah. Anyway, so you, you're not going to war. You're not doing anything fucking miraculous. You're not fucking curing things. You're not doing surgery. You're, you're just trying to get the best out of you, and it's very selfish what you're doing because it is all about you. Mm-hmm. So it's like, don't think you're doing it for other people because you're not. You're no, doing it for you. And, and a lot of people don't give a shit anyway what you've put into that's it. That's the best one, yeah. yeah. Nobody actually gives a fuck. No, literally. Oh, especially people outside the industry, they don't give a fuck. They think you're stupid. Yeah, yeah. For what you do, but yeah, like China's that—that's one China's goal is to actually enjoy the process, enjoy the because like we went down to Carl's loads, we like and the, and like I can remember the day where it was me, Carl, China, Loki, Mark Hector was there, mm-hmm. Kerry Saxon was there. It was like it was one of them days where it's like this is fucking cool. You know what I mean? Like, Mark Hector was helping me pose. Like, everyone was around trying to watch her pose. And she doesn't really remember it that well. The only reason she probably really remembers it is because there's photos. Yeah. And it's like, there's not many people who, and that's why like, I'm very lucky to be with someone like China. It's like, there's not many people who are exposed to these people. It's sick. It, it, and honestly, it's so cool. It's like, she's going to get more opportunities like that. She should remember them, not just via a photo. Actually remember the experience. Because honestly, mate, it was fucking boss. It was like, it was such a good day. And for China as well, like, I love doing the pub with her because she's so humble about it. And that's what I love when I come across competitors that, uh, you know, when you look at her, I said to her, when people look at your Instagram, they're probably thinking, fucking hell, like, look at her physique. And then for her to be open and honest and say, we actually touched on posing. She was like, I don't like it, but I need to put more effort into doing it because I haven't done it enough. And it was like, you know, for someone listening that doesn't like posing as well they're not alone you know there's certain parts of bodybuilding that we all find hard like most people will agree the nutrition and training you just crack the fuck on but yeah. posing is hard and you know that they said that to someone else before it's like the, the hardest thing for prep for me is the mindset it's like the, the mind games that you play with yourself yeah. it's like is this lean if it's not lean enough like i remember we, we t- I took photos outside china and finland and she goes i'm fat and it's like china you've got striations everywhere but it's like but she's convinced she's fat it's like, like that's, that's the hardest part of the mind games. But China, yeah, like, I quite enjoy posing. I, I find quite... But putting you on the stage, it's completely different. Like, posing in front of a mirror is posing in front of a mirror. But when you've got so many people watching you, like, China's not a... Yeah, China, China's not a confident girl in regards... Like, you'd think she has a boxer's ego. It's like, you put her in a training session, 
she's confident but you put her on a stage by herself she's she's not that way inclined and it's something she has to work on mm-hmm. and it's again it's like if you look at it's it's and i said it's quite humbling because you see someone with her physique you think fuck wow like she must think x y and z it's like no she's a normal girl like that's the thing that's what people need to be as well speaking to robbie once more about this and you're speaking to you're speaking to samson and samson's just those with boss genetics he's just a normal guy with boss genetics and it's like so is china china is she is a normal lovely individual as normal as she can get she's from fucking wigan she she's got a fucking stupid accent she all she does is love candles it's like she's just normal right but she's just got this genetic gift but yeah she finds potion really really hard and again it might be like she's a bit of a perfectionist as well so she wants everything to be perfect but yeah it's it's hard posing because you have to hide your weaknesses and show your strengths that's essential posing is like because you don't want to show your strength your weaknesses off Mm, yeah. it's very clever and I think for females as well like depending on the category you've got to have a bit of sass you've got to sort of look like you own the stage you've got to have confidence and if you're not naturally confident you've got to fucking fake it yeah it's hard like that bit is hard if you're not naturally that way but when you get on stage it's it's got to be immediate especially yeah. bikini when there's like 30 to 40 girls yeah. and you're like fucking hell how am I going to stand out here because I can remember the guy from Two Bros after the MK Classic in Wigan, um, Ian, who owns it, he comes to you and you won that because of your physique. If you pose like that, you won't get your pop-up. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was brutal, but it was true, and she needed to hear it. Because, like, she was, she was shaking and she was nervous, and look, everyone's going to have nerves. But it's like, if you do it enough, and it is, you nailed it before, it's like, it's an act. It's habit, yeah. It, it's, 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 you're putting on a performance, you're acting... That might not be you, but that's who you fucking got on stage. And especially like if there's like 30 or 40 of you, like you say, bikini, it's like you've got to do something to stand out. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's why I think female cat. I think bikini is a very, very hard category. Yeah, it's tricky as well because the sport is so subjective. And I did two different federations last year and they were looking for complete opposite yeah. things. And then even from the regional to the finals, completely different physiques got awarded if again back to when we spoke about finding your why like that then leading into a reverse out in a post show I know what I wanted to do this prep and I did it and I was happy with the placings you know well yeah I was objective about it and, and what have you you know spoke to my coach and whatever but then you know if you're not used to this subjectivity in the sport and you think oh I've poured everything into my prep I've got a real good shot and you maybe don't know enough about the sport the reverse out, like I touched on earlier, can be all levels of fucked up. And this is where having a coach and people in your corner that you can be honest with is so crucial, isn't it? I think um, when we say people in your corner, it's people in your corner to call out your bullshit. For sure. And it's like you've got to have a strong network of people, whether that be family, whether that be friends, or maybe that just be your coach as well if you've got a good relationship with them. Yeah. To say, to say look, you're, you're being a dick here. <laughs> um, and so like... Because, like, the world is a little bit too hairy fair now, in my opinion. It's like, you're not allowed to hear people's feelings and all this bullshit. It's Amen. Like, look, facts, I, I like facts, don't care about feelings. It's like, if someone's doing something and it's not helping them towards their goals, like, don't be afraid to tell them. How they take that is then on them, but at least you've had the, the respect to tell them that what they're doing potentially isn't right for who they are. Mm-hmm. And, and again, you, it's a very good point that as well, because when you go into your first shot, I, I keep referencing first time as here because people are a bit more experienced. 
They yeah, sort it, of get it. But like, if you're going to your first show and you think you should win it because you've worked really, really hard, it's like, guess what? The 50 other athletes up there worked really, really hard too. Yeah. And it's like, that's why I think as a coach as well, you've got to manage the expectations because, because, because like, someone might be very, very good, but you nailed it before this podcast come on. You don't know who's fucking standing next to you. Yeah. And it's like, it's just unfortunate. Like, that person might just have that genetic ability a little bit more, and you still work just as hard, but you might just have that. And then you've got to look at yourself critically and go, okay, cool. What do I need to improve on? Like, you might need a bit more glutes. You might need a little bit more delt. And then that's where you go back and go back to drawing board. But again, they said, like, knowing your why, it's like, okay, I'm doing this because I want to achieve this. My friend Ben said this. He went, he doesn't give a fuck what five facts you're just saying about him. He wants to create the physique he wants to create. And I, I love that. It's like, I, if a judge goes to me and goes, oh, look, you made out a little bit smaller. It's like, I don't care. If he's, like, I work hard on my quads and hamstrings. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you're not going to win anything or you're not going to get a pro card. It's like, create the physique you want to create and want to present. And then that, that could be a very strong why. You go back, you stand on stage, you get your photos, and it's like, this could have looked a little bit better. This could have looked a little bit better. Back to the drawing board, work on it. And then that should be a good enough motivation for you to then control that reverse out. Whereas if you're going, oh, fuck this, the judge didn't do this, the judge didn't do this, I'm not fucking doing this again. And then you go back and just going off the rails, you will put yourself in a bad position from a health perspective. If you structure your reverse out in the way that we've sort of yeah. over, overviewed today, you can have, if you've got pretty shredded, you can have a sick rebound out. Like you said, it really exactly. excites you. For me, it does as well. It's sick. Yeah. Like, I... I... I understand the thought approach like where people go, you're not going to put on this amount of muscle. And look, I do understand it from a scientific point of view, but I went from 86 kilos with peeled glutes to 96 kilos, 96 kilos with peeled glutes. Like there's something still there. Do you know what I mean? That there is something about it. And I I can't tell you what it is. Like I do feel like if you can manage that and you do it in a timely fashion and you stay structured with your nutrition and not be a dickhead. And you then relieve all the stress and go out and enjoy yourself and you sleep a little bit better. You structure your training from a volume point of view to potentially start tapering up volume from what you can recover from. I was speaking to Oscar about this um, when he was coming back from his when he come back from his prep last year. Last year? Yeah, last year it will be now, yeah. And it's like these are all the little things that can be easily managed. But again, it is that mindset perspective of making sure that you understand where you're weak and so you spoke about with your coach managing that because the training, as you said before, training, nutrition, that's obviously a little bit of a hard thing when you reverse now. So that's what we do is our bread and butter. But yeah, in regards to like the pet side of things as well, it is hard sometimes giving them more. Mm, mm, yeah. I do. I found, yeah, I found it's, there's a mixture of thoughts, isn't there? Like until I did an exposure to Primo, at this point, which is like six months post-show, I was like, oh, you know, I, I love, I get excited about, you know, what I'm doing with my PEDs. And, and then the yeah. pre brought that excitement back. But I also had that element of when I was reducing Clen, your himbine and stuff like this, it was like, you know, it you're letting go of an element of prep that you've had for six, eight, ten months. That's, that's a good point, actually. I think don't people get, because like, I said we're not robots, but we work like robots when we're in prep. 
It's like yeah. we get up at this time, we take our drugs at this time, we eat our first meal at this time, we go and do cardio, we go and train, we do our work, whatever, you're in a nine-to-five job or you're, you're self-employed. Like, we are very structured. And then when, that's why, again, like, you know, we talk about taking cardio out and whatnot. It's like, you've been doing cardio at this specific time for such a long period of time now yeah. that to suddenly take out, say, what the fuck do I do at this time? Mm-hmm. And it's like, again, when you, like, you take Clen out, you take your Himbine out, you take your thyroid medication out, what are those protocols that you might be putting in there whether you're taking some kind of pre-workout before you do go do your cardio or whatever it may be it's like you're breaking down a routine of structure that you've had there for five months that is very difficult mm-hmm. and again it's like coming up with something where it might be okay instead of me going to do my cardio now I might come get some steps instead of me taking my clean and whatnot I'm going to now okay cool I'm going to make sure I use this time to potentially do something else so you're still structured to some degree but you're just putting other things in place so it doesn't come so far and you feel a little bit lost. One thing for me when it comes to the prep as well, it's so anticlimactic. It it's is. like, once you step on stage, it's like, what's next? For sure. Like, it's like you like... build a soul, so it's like this. And it's like, okay. And I think, again, if if people think it's just going to change your life, if it might do if you get a pro card or you win something or whatnot. But for the majority of people, it's just an achievement. And again, it's like, next time is to look better. It's that's there's so much relevance on that point. We've said it a couple of times to look better and improve. It, you easily get in this mind warp of competing. And I did it like I touched on 10 years. I did back to back every year. And the longest I did in off season phase was 10 months, which was the best amount of oh. growth I got. And I came back much more competitive. But I was funneling so much unhappiness at that point in my life into bodybuilding. I just serially competed. And it wasn't to improve. I didn't give a shit about my health. And that's consequently yeah. why, you know, everything was so fucked from doing it natural for so many years. And that was another motivation to go down the PD route. But I found the reverses out quite hard initially because I didn't want to put on weight. I wanted to stay lean, if I'm completely honest, you know. And that is something that a lot of people do struggle with. Yeah, because, okay, the, here's the thing, right? You feel like you look shit up, but you look ugly to your partner. Yeah, like, no partner, no partner wants that amount of leanness. Like it's cool, don't get me wrong. Like it's but you, people outside of it, it's 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 the kind of thing of like you feel like you look good, but you don't actually look good in the real world. It's <laughs> like you putting on five kilos, it's like that's probably a very nice, healthier look for you. And probably will kind of, but it it is so hard in regards to psyche to let go of the little the, the abdominals or let go of the strike separations in your quads or the striations in your delta. It, but again, for me, it's it's what's the what's the goal? It's like if the goal is to be better, then you you need to let go of that. And the quicker you can let go of that mindset, the more you can walk towards that goal at a bit of a faster pace. Whereas if you're holding on to it, you're just holding yourself back. But like I'm, I'm when I'm talking about this, I'm talking about this like it's fucking easy. It's not. Yeah. It's it's really really not. It's like I like I said, I'm good at rebounding out and all this, but the mental side I still find hard. Like I took I still took scales with me to angle yeah. looking back on it now I was walking outside in my boxes in this caravan putting scales and like the only bit of concrete we had and it's like nothing when you look at things logically like nothing was really going to happen over them three days but you think this, you think it's going to happen like I'll be totally transparent like this is the stupidest thing I've ever done in my life but we seem like we can be honest on this when China went to when China went to Finland I took a syringe with me got pulled by customs oh shit the scariest moments in my fucking life, like 
So, like, I don't know if China told about, like, the fucking whole tragedy of getting to Finland. Like, no. my flight got cancelled. China's, China's went ahead. Okay? So, China's on the plate. Mine, Cows, and three other athletes got cancelled. So, we then had to fly to Malaga, stay over in Malaga Airport, and then fly to fucking... I've got PTSD from Finland. Fly <laughs> to whatever the fucking place was. Uh, Helsinki, then go to Himalaya. And... It, it's been a third, it's been a fucking third, six hour trek. I'm walking back, and then this guy just, I think because they knew there's a bodybuilding competition happening, they were just pulling people randomly. And I had one of them, I'm not saying it looked like a bodybuilder, but I had one of them fucking bodybuilding bags under like the built by athletes. Yeah. And he just pulled me over and he went, You got eight in your suitcase? I was like, Nah. And then went through it, found it. And the, the moral that what I'm trying to say is here is like, logically, I was in Finland for three days. Me not me not jab myself up would, would not have happened. Nothing would have happened. Yeah, good point. But you're in your own head and you feel like everything meticulously has to matter. Mm-hmm. And post-prayer, you'll feel like the same way. It's like, you need to make sure you weigh every gram of, gram, like, gram of rice. Because that's what it's like, isn't it? Like, you measure 90, oh, 50 grams of rice, like, oh, or 51 grams of rice, oh, shit, it needs to be 15. It's like, you pick it out. It's like, the reality of life, it doesn't actually matter. But when you're in that mindset, it really, really does. And for me, if you can start to let them things slide, so you go from 50 to it's 52, and it's like, okay, or it's a 150 gram chicken breast, but you're supposed to have 140, it's like, okay, you can bring that back into life. I feel like personally, you'll make that transition a little bit easier. Mm, Yeah. And trying mentioned about there was points where I think it was she mentioned like the first time after the show where you probably went for like a sit down meal and you were like, just order something that you want that you look at the menu and yeah. go that would okay. taste nice you know and it's like that is removed for such a long period of time like we've spoken about today and then when i remember so many times i've looked at a menu and thought i don't know what the fucking hell i want yeah yeah yeah. it's, it's um so i remember like when i first started dating china she would only buy a steak mm. and it wasn't because she liked steak because she's a foodie remember she yeah. liked burgers she liked pizzas but she'd only order steak because quote unquote in that head that was healthy okay? and it is like it is like it's, if, if you want to be sensible the rational diet is something to be sensible with but i think the first thing i've ever done to her was she was really she was on a food plan for a long period of time and i just fucking poured her a protein bar i went fucking eat that because it wasn't on a food plan and she ate it and then it's sometimes when i said like the penny drops it's when you do something that's out of your norm and you realize nothing changes you can then allow yourself to become a little bit more freedom like i'm not someone who is like freedom of food and all this. Like I'm not that, but I do think that there needs to be a an off season and a and a prep phase where you can chill out a little bit more in your improvements off season. Where on prep the lights on and you you go for it. But yeah, in regards to like I think uh, I'm trying to think. It might have been post Wigan. We just went out for something. We might not have actually went. To, it might have been what I said to you in Finland where you could see she was um and ahhing about where to go for a restaurant. I said, John, just fucking pick somewhere. Like you like burgers, like we're not going to go for sushi because we like sushi but it's like sushi's still like quote-unquote still bodybuilding like isn't it? <laughs> yeah. um it's like just choose and she loves a burger she loves a like a, a good burger and it's like just go for a burger and again it's, it's sometimes it is the client's responsibility i do as a partner i think it's like sometimes your responsibility as well to like not be afraid to just fucking make your partner do something that they're a little bit nervous of doing and and there's something else I would say like look it's just try because if it doesn't work if it doesn't work you can also back to what you're doing anyway. Yeah, my partner's very good at this. But previously when I spoke about being unhappy, I was yeah. with someone that didn't understand bodybuilding for a number of years, 
And now I'm with a bodybuilder. Yeah. He hasn't competed, but he's got pretty lean for a photo shoot yeah. and things like this. And he's really helped me with everything that you've pretty much just spoken about that you've helped China with. And it's it's a night and day difference in the confidence I feel in going into a longer off season as well, because of course, you know, the body composition changes and there's those initial changes like you've spoken about with reversing out. And then when you're heading into an off season, if it is going to be longer, it's like, you know, where, where's the ceiling for that? Is there mini cuts? Is there various other things? And it can be quite an unnerving time. But then when you throw in, should we go for a date night and go somewhere where you know you're going to like stuff on the menu and you're like, I'd need to exhibit some control here, but still enjoy it. And then when you can share that, it makes it so much easier. Do you know something, right? This is me being totally honest now. I always understood because, do you know Becky Dean? Yeah. Okay. I used to I used to live with Becky Dean for a little bit. Um, and I, she was probably the first because she was in the peak of her off-season with me when um, when we were living together. And it's like, I, I never really understood like the female psychology of putting on weight, like because I've never really lived because like my my ex wasn't into this world at all. Because in my head I was just like, yeah, no, but like you you, you don't look bad, but I will admit this, and I'm hoping I'm not stepping on toes. Females take it a lot differently to lads, Very like much. in the face. And I think as a boy, as a male, like you've got to respect that. It's like you've got to expect that females might not feel comfortable in a bikini. Whereas like China always goes to me, but lads always look better in the in the off season. It's like you you never you never really because you because you are the person in the off season, you never really look at it from a female's perspective. But living with Becklin, living with China, like China's off season was a lot better than what her last one was. Like it was it was it was easy for her to accept this than it was her last one. Her last one was very, very hard. But I was going to give some advice to females. Because I said I live with Beck, me and Beck are very, very close friends. I've seen her get a pro card and she pushed food in the off season. I've seen China push food and I've seen her getting a pro card. Don't be afraid. Like, and your partner, if he if he or she is a nice person, will it, will it loves you for who you are. Like, and understands what you're doing. Because I, I, I said I've been in the same shoe where my partner didn't know what I was doing and couldn't get it. And it's so much harder where it's like, China understands, I understand, we know the process, we know that, I know, for example, six weeks out, I'm not getting, well, probably from 10 weeks out, I'm not getting any attention, ah. I'm fuck off, right? Ali so who? Like, what was that? Ali who? <laughs> yeah, exactly, it's like, I'm getting nothing, right? I get fuck all anyway, because everyone just thinks just, I'm China's fella, that's what I, like, that's what I'm known as, Um. <laughs> But it's like, I, I'm not getting anything said, but I understand that and I know that. And then it's my opinion. It's like, that's my job is to help you get there. But when your prep finishes, that's when you've got to show the people that you have neglected time. And again, that's another part of like bringing this back to like reversing out. That's something else. Like the people that you've neglected for that amount of time, you've got to show them time now because they they should have been there for you throughout this process. Mm -hmm. so it's now payback time essentially just by being yourself and showing up and it doesn't mean you have to drink or go out for food but just give them the time that you've neglected with them for so long yeah that's so good you said that me and Matt actually had a conversation not long after my last show of the season yeah. and you don't realize as well that you've got this tunnel vision and you're you're so focused on you know scale weight going down seeing the next striation get into the show and then you're fucked like you know my back was fucked and and all of this and you accept it because like we've spoken about it's a choice this is what you're doing and there's a reason behind it but then we had a conversation after and he was like i just want to cuddle like yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. and it 
And I was like, oh, my God, like, I can't believe I, we were cuddling, but it's a different sentiment. It's a different feeling. And it it really did remind me of how much, like you've explained with China, he just put me first all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it was get me to the stage and do anything he can to get me there. And even like my mum, the first time I'm able to go over there for a meal or something, she's so excited, honestly. Like, she watches me eat and she's just like, how is it? <laughs> and she'll get me like a little blueberry muffin from M&S because she knows I can scan it in my fitness pal. She's like, is it nice? Is yeah, it yeah, like, yeah. and she's, so, it's such a, it's a cathartic thing for me because I look at her and I think when she's seeing me getting pretty shredded, it must, it must be so hard for her. You know, yeah. if she's not used to it. And like you mentioned there, the people that you have to retreat away from a little bit, it's about giving back when you've got the energies to do that and noticing it as well and taking ownership. hundred percent. Yeah. Cause it's like, cause like you said before, but like you're, you're still hugging prep, but it's like, you don't want to, you just want to like, just feel like, cause it's like, you're still in a relationship to something. It's like a pity pattern. Eh? Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But no, I think it's a big thing. It's like when, once that that's done and dusted, like it's, it's, it's something simple, isn't it? Where you just spend a little bit more time with someone. Because as we said before, you're not going to be doing your cardio. You're not going to be as regimented as what you were. And as, but I, I am a big thing as well. Like if, if you're in prep, you have to be like that. And I'm not saying you have to neglect people, but you you it is a selfish sport and people need to understand that and just accept it and not question it, not say, why are you doing this? What you sh- Should you be doing this? It's like, just accept that that's what they're doing and, 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 and support. I think people again competing, especially reversing out or into the diet or in improvement, it's having a support network there as well. Because it's hard. It's hard for it's hard for females, as we just discussed in that improvement phase, to go like, am I actually have I actually grown any tissue or have I just put fat on? Like that's that's a common question, isn't it? It's like like China goes to me, it's like, have I actually put any size on? It's like, yes. She definitely has. Yeah, it's like yes. But it's like you, you see that with loads of because you don't see it as much. In the, in the off season, it's like you might be strong, but it's like okay. Um, and then as yeah, it is. It's like that fingers crossed. I'm like fucking hope this looks good on stage. Um, but then like when you're going through prep, it's like having that support network right there because times do get hard. It's like you do go to some low places, like you, you go to some dark places where it's like fuck me, this is like really grim. I can't be honest, even fucking getting out to like the dog down for a piss. It's like you're that tired. Um, and then in the in the reverse out of it, it's like having that support there where someone's called come on, let's do this, or let's go to cinema, or let's go for a walk, breaking up that normality, that like routine that you've been in for such a long period of time of cardio, get steps in, train, eat, go to bed, mm. and say, like getting someone else just to have the courage as well, just to go, no, we're doing this here, or we're going for a spa, or we're going away for the weekend, mm. and breaking that mindset, because it will take someone else to potentially break it, as opposed to you breaking it. Yeah, and I think you do get married to feeling like shit like it's I mean I'll admit I get off on it you know I quite like being the weird person that wants to just get shredded because I I, you know I can bring tunnel vision I don't really know where it came from but it's just something that I live for it and then that's why of course you know it's learning over my years and like you said about experience it gets easier to a certain degree but like we said right at the start every post show you feel very different like you don't really know what's gonna happen it's like why am I thinking these fucking weird thoughts? But I love how you said, you know, it's okay 
to have those thoughts. It's okay to make mistakes, but it's important that you, there's an element of ownership there and you, you do reach out to people. And if I've said to people that I've spoken about, about sort of binge eating and this type of thing, like we say, it's quite common when you recognize you're doing it and speak to someone and put things in place, you know, rather than just keep doing it and then maybe sack your coach off and then go down into a pit of putting on 20 kilograms in four weeks you know there's got to be an element of taking that ownership but it is hard yeah and I think it's also it's very easy to do Mm. I think that's what I think that's the hard part is it's very easy to catch yourself just doing that um and again I'm very lucky in regards like how I view food so fact I've never done anything like that but I know I I'm very few and far between how I view food, especially people come to this industry. And it is, it's like, it's very easy to put on three or four kilos in a night. And then you you could argue, and I, I don't say for and against this, potentially just stop weighing yourself daily because you'll probably be able to re- re- um, relate to this as well. Like you don't weigh yourself just once in prep. You weigh yourself like three or four times sometimes. Like I got into a really bad habit and I'll admit this and this. I don't think I've actually ever said this before, but like I was getting up in the middle of the night to weigh myself. It's warped, isn't it? And it's like, I look at that and I go, that was fucking stupid. I could have been sleeping and would have looked better. But it's like, in my head, it's like, I go, for, I was like, I was forcing pisses out yeah. to, to make sure that scale weight dropped down. You think about it, it's not going to, it doesn't mean I've got leaner. But you do get into these mindsets and I like to think I'm quite experienced in this, but you do go to these places where you think things make, make logical sense, but they actually don't, they're quite stupid. Um, and again, it's like, it is just looking back and going, oh, well, that's silly. I'm not going to do that next time. But mm-hmm. you do have to take some kind of responsibility for the stupid shit that you do. I love that you've said that because actually part of this series, AJ came on the yeah. pod and he, I touched on scale weight with him because I said, very similar to what we've spoken about, does it affect men as much as women in, you know, who he works yeah. with himself and, and what have you? And he said, you know, he's got a bit of an emotional attachment right at the tail end of prep it does get get into that sort of realm and I think just as much as females males do have these types of behaviors around scale weight and and various other things but like you said I've done some crazy shit to try and get the weight to look lower on the scale but I'm not leaner like you just said I you know I've been for a piss yeah yeah it's it's no it's like it's men are just as bad as females when it comes to all this shit I I I I would happily argue against if someone to disagree with that. I think there's it's a, probably a difference in regards to like what you get attached to. But males compare, hundred percent males compare. It's like it, I would love the opportunity to just come off Instagram. Yeah. So excuse me, but unfortunately, my business runs off Instagram. My partner's the same. He's like, if I could just chuck it off one day. Yeah, especially, I love Instagram because, for example, me and you might have been able to communicate so much what we did on Instagram. I think it's a great, it's a great thing. But also, when you're coming to the dog end of a prep or a diet phase or for a vultures whatnot, you compare. It's like, am I lean enough? Am I this? Look, everyone looks shit out on Instagram. Yeah, it's like yeah. there's people go to me like, what do you struggle with most about like pulling out a prep? It was like it was the fact of like I know I look the best I've ever looked. I never stood next to people though to, to see where I fared like. How did I pose on stage? Like I put a lot of work into it, but it's like, how did it actually look? That's the hardest part, like the unknown part. But like, I look good on Instagram, but I might not have looked good standing next to other people. For sure, yeah. And again, this is like the comparison nature is always going to be there as as long as Instagram is going to be around. Mm-hmm. You do get attached to scales because like, and especially when you're using assistance as well. It's like, why is the scale going up? Well, 
you have just increased your engine load. So, so it's like that can happen, and then that fucks your head. It was like I was natural until I was 27. Um, and then I started my first cycle, same as you, like I done my first jab, though. So this is magical. Um, <laughs> I'm like, am I am I a weirdo? Oh, no, mate, it's like I thought it was magical, and then I realized fuck all happened, really. Yeah. <laughs> like, sake. Um, but like, yeah, and it was that being natty, in my opinion, was an easier process because it was a little bit more linear. Like there was there was not there was not as many things that you could do to change things. Like I wasn't I, I, I also wasn't really with a coach when I was natty. Like I got a few friends to help me prep and whatnot. I sort of done most of it myself, really. Uh, I worked with Josh Mady for a little bit, uh, but then I've done the back end of it to myself. But it's like there's less to manipulate and less to manage. It's just like just more output. I need to lose a bit more body fat. Mm, it's a completely different realm though it's so much more yeah. exciting being assisted i mean i'm not saying to any of the listeners you should be assisted but for me it's oh it's, mate, it's, it's so much better i like, love it it's like again like i'm not promoting it by any just yeah. but like people go to like if people don't think i've took gear it's like look i was 67 or 70 on stage i walk around at 104 now 103 it's like that's not come from like chicken and rice this is not normal no, it's like that's <laughs> It's like three years. It's like my condition's not too far off. What? Like I'm not lean, but I'm like I'm not fat either. It's like that's not chicken, rice, and protein shakes. Do you Mm. know what I mean? It's like that is called a fair bit of test. Yeah, and I love like my reverse out and my off season so far is going so much better for me to for it to sit well and for me to do a longer off season because it's so much more of a favorable distribution of fat. Mm. My muscle retention is so much better, and it's very hard to then go. Oh, I should have stayed natty because I just love this, you know. Like it's like you can't say that's not fucking fun, and I don't care who you are. I don't think necessarily drugs are addictive, like the steroids are addictive, but I think the performance side is. Yeah, and you want to keep pushing that. That's where it obviously becomes tricky. With you know, you've got to have a coach that hopefully knows their shit because yeah. you left your own devices. Mm-hmm. I'd imagine in particular men, like you could really fucking get pulled into it. Like that's the only thing I'm a little bit nervous of. Is like is and I'll be totally transparent. It's not necessarily the aesthetic side of it. It's like I love like becoming better in exercise. I love getting a little bit stronger or executing better or seeing the development side of things. And you're living a life you don't think assistance helps with that. And it's like that'll be the hardest part. It's like because my goal would be after this show I will probably just TRT yeah. and run some legit growth because I'm not too sure of the shit. I, I love growth. I love yeah. growth. Um, I will take some farm. Pharma- I'll pay a little bit of money and get some pharmaceutical stuff. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, that's what I'll probably do. Yeah. But I'm not going to be pulling two sixty. Probably I'm not going to be like barbell roaming what I've done today. It's like that. I-, I have to let go of that. Yeah. Um, and then you what you could argue is just like start your logbook again. Mm-hmm. And uh, but that that'll be the hardest challenge for me is yeah. the the performance side of things, not not the aesthetics, because uh, I I can manage that with food and training volume and all that, I can do that myself, but just not being able to be as strong as what I once was, that'll be difficult. And I believe that's potentially what brought JP back to the bodybuilding world, was just not being able to do what he could do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do think that'll be difficult. It's like our whole subject today, isn't it? Stepping away from a prep. It's hard because I always reference it as, when you're doing something different to what you've been used to for a set period of time, you're stepping out your comfort zone like you are in a prep. So when you're reversing out, you're stepping out your comfort zone because you've been tunnel vision. And actually I argue to sometimes say that the reverse out into a 
growth phase is harder mindset wise because there's not that like definite goal per se. Hundred percent. That's a that's a it's a very good way to word it because there's not a specific time frame that you know something's going to occur. It's 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 very it's a movable thing, isn't it? As well, it's, it depends how you respond. Yeah. It's like a lot of prep for me, like it's well structured, but at the same time, it's like you've got to be very adaptive to, to how that person responds. But when it comes from a reverse point, mm-hmm. there isn't really a specific timeline because you don't, and it'll be different from year to year as well, but depending on how that person responds, and especially if you're very tunnel vision and goal focused, that, that could be then another tricky thing where it's like, okay, is it going to be March the 20th or is it going to be April the 1st? When like I can start to do things that I want, depends how we look, depends how well you stuck to things. Because again, as we said, like you're going, you are going to potentially socialize a little bit more. And if you like, I don't really drink, but if you've gone out and got pissed, it's like well, that might then move things back another week. Yeah. So again, it's, I, I think that's a good point because like you know when you're doing a show day, you know the show is X date. You're working to X date, and then you go, okay, peak week is going to be X week. Whereas this reverse, it's like could be three weeks, could be six weeks, could be eight weeks, depending on the individual in hand. I also think I'm sure you'll agree from you know what we've said today with very of the similar mindset. Don't book in too many things for after your show. Because when you start over committing, you think, oh, I'm gonna go for right. So a week after I'm gonna go for an Indian, a week after that, I'm gonna go to five guys, a week after that, yeah. or oh, in the week I'll go and do that as well. And that and then you're like I don't know about you, but after a diet, sometimes you don't even know what you want to eat. No, no, it's it's like no hundred percent because like I get sick of cream of rice. Like I love cream of rice in prep because it's like the only sweet thing that you that you can fucking eat loads of. And then you're like, I don't like it anymore. Yeah, it's like to be fair, this is the first time in improvement phase where like I've hammered it for a long time. I can still eat it. So maybe just manage things a little bit better this time. But it's like I know there's gonna get points in four weeks. Like fuck that shit. Yeah, but it's like you don't know what to eat because you've the thing is like the food's always going to be there, so you don't have to do everything at once. Yeah. Like five guys, fingers crossed, doesn't go bust. Like that's going to be there in four weeks, six weeks, or next week. Mm-hmm. I agree with like not booking too many things once. What I used to do, and this won't work for everyone, I used to book a holiday, say two months away from the show. Nice. And it was like, okay, I I, I want to make progress, but it gave me enough time to come out of the health phase, like come out of the sorry, the prep into a health phase, but make sure I still control things because you don't want to be fat on holiday. That was my mindset. I don't want to be fat on holiday, but I also know that I want to make progress. Good idea. So again, like that won't work for everyone. That might put people in the wrong mindset of I need to diet still until this holiday. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was it was just something where it's like, okay, that's my next target. I know I need to put on a little bit of body weight and a little bit of body fat, but I know I can't go over the top, so I can't go and eat loads of food. And that was just something that worked for myself. But there'll be loads of people who will do other little things. And I think it's a really, really good thing what you're doing with this podcast well, where you're just getting people to be open and honest to talk about experiences because everyone is different. But some of my experience might resonate with some people. Some of your experiences might resonate with them. And then it's just an open and honest conversation because, look, we all fuck up. Like, I took fucking drugs to Finland and got fucking a 400 euro fine. And I don't know if I've got a fucking record because every single time I go to a passport thing, now it's like, are you here on pleasure or business? Like, I'm just fucking here in the country. To go and see the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like we all make mistakes. We all do stupid things, but just learn from them and move on and have fun as well. Yeah, I love that. What a way to wrap up. It's always the message, you know, yes, it's hard. 
Yes, it's a choice, but if you can have a bit of fun with it, make some memories. You touched on right at the start, the community vibes that you get. You know, you you pick up the right vibes from certain people in this, and it can be so, so cool to make lifelong friends. And, you know, we're both open and honest people. And, of course, if people do resonate with what you've said, Ali, are you taking coaching clients on? Where are you at at the moment with business? Yeah, like uh, not many coaches are full. So it's like everyone's always taking. I love that when it's like they've got five spaces left. Yeah, and you've got loads of spaces. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like I've, 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 of course, I've got, of course, I've got coach spaces. But the client has to, like, I'm at the point where like the client has to be sort of like the right fit now. And you get that from a conversation. Yeah. Like if I, if I feel like someone's going to work out, whether they be a coach or whether they be a prep client or whether they just be a, a gen pop person wanting to get into great shape. Yeah, I'm, I'm always willing to take someone on, but they've just got to blend. I'm a big person of like you've got to have the right person. That's because the right there's a right coach for everyone. Well, it doesn't necessarily mean it's you. And I think you're, you're doing a disservice. You take someone on that you know you're not going to get on with. Yeah, I love that. You catch the vibe and then it's, you know, everything just works. And it's just so nice yeah. when you clients like that, isn't it? But of course... Oh, as of course. Because like, like, I love having a laugh. Like, for me, like the best thing is training. I love training, right? The set's the set, right? You don't fuck around and piss around in the training set. But outside of it, fucking have a laugh. Do you know what I mean? Like you're there to have fun. You're there, especially you get people that you love training with as well. It's like learn to smile. You're not going to fucking war. You're just going to do a set of hacks or some bicep curls. Yeah. Matt, my partner said this earlier. So funny that you've just said that because he was like, in my old gym, we used to have a laugh between sets. And then, you know, for the set, you really work hard and then you can have a laugh between sets. And people used to say, What why are you having so much fun in the gym? You shouldn't be doing that. Why are you laughing? And he's like, Come and do a set with us then. <laughs> <laughs> imagine that it's like, like like honestly when me and Beck used to train together loads it was just like it was the biggest law ladder it was just funny you'd just say inappropriate shit and like there'd be other people with us as well but like I knew what her goal was she knew what my goal was so like you can't really fuck around when you're trying to get like the most of the train set because that is important as well but like if you're in the gym for two hours fuck being boring yeah. like fuck that like Look, don't get me wrong, but China's very focused. She's like, she's not the most social person within the gym. She's getting better. But like when she's six weeks out, you've got to have a respect that she's not going to want to talk. Like she will just want to train. But when you've got a bit of time and you're in the off season, it's like learn to enjoy what you've actually probably got into the industry for and the, and the business for. Most of us get into it because of training and the community and the gym and whatnot. It's like, don't lose that love for it. Because yeah. like, look... China wants to go to the Olympia, and I'm going to probably speak out to the table here, but the Olympia's not going to pay her bills. End of. It's like, her, her job, her coaching, and her, her dentistry is going to pay her bills. It's like, it is a cool achievement, it is a cool goal, but don't let it actually take away from the love of what you actually got into the gym for and for. for. And also, going yeah, back right. to being realistic, you know, that's a lofty goal for China, and that holds... You know, a lot of pressure and a lot of thoughts and feelings that should be going through, especially getting closer to it. But like you just said there, you know, it's not going to pay the bills. That And that's the elite, as it were. So if you're going into yeah. shows and it might be regionals, maybe you do the finals, that type of thing. It's yeah. unless you're very lucky, it's not going to pay you. So enjoy this sport, enjoy what it can bring. And of course, suck it up when you need to. <laughs> Yeah, hundred percent. Like, like if people say like, don't you, you shouldn't have to suck up. It's like you fucking do. Yeah. It's like you fucking like. I'm not a crier, but I cry sometimes in prep. Like I remember once I got into my car after doing six PT sessions. So this like four years ago, I drive an automatic. 
and I couldn't remember how to drive, and I cried. For 10 minutes, I just cried, so I am so tired. It's and then it's like, you, you put your big boy pants on, and then fucking drive home. But it's like, you do have to suck it up. You do have to grind. People who think you can do this healthily are incorrect. It is an extreme sport. And if you want to get the best out of yourself, you have to take extreme measures. Measures, sorry. And that just has to make sure, as you said, you weigh up the risks and rewards, and you take it like, I probably won't ever touch DMP. I've got ulcerative colitis. I can't fuck around with my GI too much, right? So that risk isn't worth it for me. So I will work. Make, I will just make sure I just do not fuck up in a prep to the point if I ever have to get to that point. And that that's again where it's like calculated, understand what your limitations are, yeah, and then work out from there. Yeah, for sure. And if you like the sound of you know how Ali's spoken today and and his honest approach, then I definitely say reach out because of course, like you said, you can jump on a console and you work out whether you'd work as a good team. And that's what it's all about, you know, and I'm sure there will be people that listen and resonate with what we've rambled on about today. What a class duo we are, Ali. And if you do listen and you do resonate, of course, share it on your Instagram stories and give us a tag. I'll put your Instagram handle in the description Thank below. You. Thank you so much. This is exactly what I wanted from this episode. So thank you. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Absolute legend. And I cannot wait to see China get healed. Well, you're looking forward to it more than me. It's going to be sick. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can do it from an outsider's point of view. I'm probably going to have to get used to the other bed. (laughs) Yeah. Love it. Thank you, mate. I appreciate you. Thank you. Later. (laughs) Oh, 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 oh,